0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is your host today, Doctor E. J. McKenzie. Uh, Professor Kathy is not able to make it with you today. And we're most likely gonna be shifting that time anyway. So she'll probably be doing Tuesdays and coming along with on with me on Wednesdays. Uh we're looking at uh taking the um, uh no, she'll probably come on Thursdays. Uh with me on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh we'll make an adjustment in the schedule. I'll probably be doing Monday and, and Tuesdays. Uh um we changed it to the evening session. Uh so many people uh desire to uh come on and be with us, but they're not able to come on and be with us. So therefore, uh we're going to be changing it until uh, uh not until but we'll be changing it from um uh, one PM to possibly eight uh PM in the evening between 7 and 8, somewhere up in there uh, in the evening. So uh, I want you to uh, be open to that. Those of you that is uh, listening uh, by uh, uh, radio, matter of fact, let me go ahead and give you uh, the change uh, that has taken place. Uh, We do have a a call-in guest number. The call-in guest number is 8. This is a 1-800 number. Uh, 877-537-3321, 877-537-3321. That is for call-in only. Uh, I have questions or what are the uh, questions. Uh, And the regular guest call-in number is 347-237-5493. Once again, the guest call-in number is 347-237-5493. So uh if you have any questions you can call into that number. But once again I want to uh prepare you for the shift that is going to be taking place Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm going to be shifting between seven and eight uh PM and uh, and uh and stay uh in one PM on Fridays. And uh so I'll be doing Mondays and Tuesdays, Kathy and I will be doing uh Wednesdays together. And Thursdays, uh, she will be doing um, her thing uh, with uh, Kingdom Women Living for the King. So she'll be doing it on Thursdays. So I'm going to shift her uh, uh, to that day. And I'll be doing Mondays and Tuesdays at night. And um, and I'll be doing Fridays in the evening. I may shift it at night. Um, so many people uh, uh, would like to dialogue, have questions, but they're on their job at the time. So uh, we're looking at doing that. We'll see how it fit. And once again, we're still experiencing this is our first month doing this. Uh, Saturday uh, noon, we will have it, the releasing the supernatural. This is a time that you can call in uh, for prayer, intercession, warfare. We will begin re- begin to release the power of God over your life. We believe God, for signs, wonders, and load of miracles, is going to break out. Uh, we also is going to be... Uh, have a prophetic council we're going to start off small because it's going to be our first time but as it grows uh, we'll be contacting uh, people that we're in relationship with that we know that flow prophetically as well as those that we have raised up in this house as well uh, those that's going through the prophetic training here in south florida so uh, they'll be able to speak into your life we're going to put something on the web uh, uh, a protocol uh, for you to be able to if you desire uh, prophetic presbytery uh, we're going to uh, create a protocol that you can go on, and you have to read that before you call in, um, uh, so uh, it can be safe. We will record every word, and uh, we will keep a copy, and we will give you a copy, uh, and the purpose of this is for judgment purposes. And so uh, uh, if a word that is, is not accurate, when we begin to understand the prophetic, we need to understand how it works. Uh majority of us in church, we, in church circles, we call everything prophecy, and everything is not prophecy. A word of knowledge may come forth uh, uh, when someone is ministering to you. A word of knowledge is something that is happening in your life at this present time, uh, something that you know about already that have not manifested or something that happened in the past. So uh, uh, usually when people prophesying, to people, they say, well, I don't understand that. I, I, I can't agree with that. I, I don't sense that. And the reason you're saying that is because you think that uh, you're equating a prophetic word with a word of knowledge. Uh, No, a prophetic word uh, is futuristic. And it could be something that you know that's going to happen in the future, but it's still futuristic. And it may be something that you're not even aware of, don't know. I I have heard uh, many preachers uh, make this statement, I said many, but I heard a few people, people as well as ministers make this statement that uh, if it's a prophetic word, then they would know God have, will have already spoken to them. Well, you got to understand God is bigger than you, and so uh, God is not going to reveal everything about you to you. Uh, and, and and he usually is pro- usually is progressive, is unfolding, and so that's why we prophesy in part. If we prophesy in part, then that means we have to know in part, and so we have to understand the distinction between a prophetic word and a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Uh, a word of wisdom, usually God is giving you some divine instructions concerning some matters that is at hand, uh, or uh, he's showing you some things that he, uh, you need to do. If you don't do this, you can make shipwreck. All right. Understand all prophecies. Word of knowledge, of is the foundation of it, is always edification, exaltation, and comfort is always edification, exaltation, and comfort, the foundation of all prophetic utterances. Now, uh, we see in the Word of the Lord that God has used Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, uh, to prophesy, and even Israel, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah, to prophesy what we would call gloom and doom. Uh, the destruction of Israel, uh, God's uh, leading them into captivity. You say, well, I thought the foundation is edification, exaltation, comfort. Uh, uh, well, it, it is. It is. Because usually after every word that God would give them, he would turn around and share them if they would obey and they would go into uh, uh, Babylon. Uh, if they would yield to the enemy, because this is my heart. And then he will end up telling them, in so many years I'm going to bring you out. Uh, or or uh, many times he don't share it with them, but if just before he brings them out, he will send a prophet or raise by a prophet in their midst or speak to the prophet that's already in the midst and let them know that he's getting ready to bring them out. He's going to execute judgment upon their enemies. So we have to see this uh, and understand uh, what the prophetic is, how the prophetic flow. Uh, we need to learn how to receive the prophetic. Uh, if you don't have the right attitude, the right disposition, many times we receive in personal prophecy, uh, uh, God will will not speak to you. He's not going to uh, reveal his love, his heart to you, and you have issues with God. Uh, and if he does speak it, it's always a correction that's going to come to you. And he's correcting you uh, uh, about your heart attitude. So we have to understand the different dynamics. Also, there's a prophetic language. Uh, a lot of mature prophets, uh, 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 they will prophesy what we would call today in code. And it's, it's not that they're trying to be that way; it's the way the Spirit of God is articulating through them. So, uh, but we're excited about uh, uh, Saturday noon to two. We may do noon to one p.m. if we don't have that many people that know about it, and we don't we're not able to gauge it at this present time. Who uh, uh, know about it? But tell somebody. Those of you listening, uh, call people uh, all over the nation. And even other nations, they're able to get us by way of the uh, Internet. And uh, we're excited about the prophetic counsel that God is going to raise up. Uh shared with you on uh day before yesterday that a wonderful, powerful meeting we had uh, with uh, Bishop Hammond. And I was just kind of meditating over the pastors that was present, the leaders that was present, and the things that God spoke over their lives. Uh, I love leaders. That's one of my passion. I, I love leaders. Uh, um, because of uh, the things that uh, God allowed them to go through, the processing that God takes them through. All leaders don't make it. All leaders is not uh, a chosen by God. They may be called by God, but they may not be chosen. Uh, they abort the process. They make shipwreck. So uh, I love leaders. I pray for leaders uh, uh, almost on a daily basis um, that God will grace them be able to be sustained in the midst of their time of preparation, their time of processing. Uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand this here. God does absolutely nothing. No, there could be, I'll put it this way. There could be no progress, no progress in the earth realm without legitimate apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And I don't even want, want to use the word legitimate, but mature. Those that will allow God to process us. Uh, we got to, as a matter of fact, understand God, God's church belongs to him, uh, uh, and, and Christ is the head of the church. And he said he's going to have a bride that without spot and rancor. That will come to pass. God's word cannot uh, return to him void. If God have to wait to this generation that I'm a part of die off and raise up a new generation, it's going to come to pass. The word of God cannot fail. So I believe that there's men and women uh, that God has been processing for years. Uh, they've been probably been in ministry, but they have not been able to break through, come forth. But I believe that this is their due season, their set time. There's many men and women behind the scenes that you have absolutely no idea that they exist. but God has had them hid. Uh, uh, he has hidden them for a season because He's been preparing them. Everybody has a season. Uh, or just like dispensations, like we see the uh, uh, the prophetic movement dispensation, or the word word the word dispensation, or the healing dispensation, faith dispens- dispensation. So we see all these diff- different dispensations, and I believe God is bringing all of them together for the men and women that's going to heal and raise up. They will be a product of all of the dispensation that has passed, because God is uh, bringing all of them together that there will be a demonstration of his power in the earth realm that men and women have never, ever uh, experienced nor seen uh, before. Uh, These are men and women that sold out to the Lord. These are men and women that love not their lives, even unto the death. Uh, They have totally uh, come to the end of themselves. They don't care about themselves. They care about their master. They care about pleasing their master. They care about executing his heart and his mind. And this is what God has been doing uh, uh, over the years, preparing hearts and minds that is totally sold out unto him. Uh, one of the greatest manipulation of the powers of darkness uh, to uh, uh, ministers or those that is called... Uh, to be in leadership in the body of Christ, one of the greatest manipulations uh, is uh, the deception of uh, accomplishing the will of God without going through the process of death. That will never happen. Everybody that you see God using, now we've got to understand everything in the Bible doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, like we don't see Elijah process. We just see Elijah just coming on the scene cause you understand the purpose of the bible it's just written for those things that is important for our edification for our growth for our development for our processes so we don't see Elijah uh being processed uh but we see Elisha by following the uh Elijah so wherever Elijah was Elisha had to be so when Elijah ran from Jezebel Elisha had was was there uh when Ahab wanted to kill Elijah Elisha was there so so, but we don't see that in the Bible. But you gotta understand, he was the man that God had assigned for uh, Elijah to uh, uh, impart into Elisha, and we all know he received a double portion. So everybody have to go through processing. The greater your processing, the greater you will be. Uh, you will be sustained. And uh, and one of the ways that God does that, uh, and I really want to talk about something else today. But the Spirit of God is uh, speaking through me because evidently there's. Uh, listeners at this present time, uh, those that will be listening that uh, need to hear what the Spirit of the Living God is uh, uh, articulating at this present time and encourage you not to quit, not to give up. Uh, 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 God, uh, I believe, can't stand quitters. I believe he hates quitters. Uh, 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 for a quitter is one that no longer believes him, that no longer trusts him. Uh, They believe more in the powers of darkness, not directly but indirectly. They believe in more of what they see, hear, smell, taste, and feel uh, that is contrary to what God has promised. And everything that God promises you, everything that God promises you, you can take it to the bank, you won't be able to accomplish it yourself on your own accord. And what I mean by that, your talent, your skill, your education, (laughs) <laughs> will not be able to manifest or bring to pass what God promised you. Use what he promised you is bigger than you, uh, and that's why it's God. It's bigger than you, and that's why sometimes people get prophetic words uh, within them themselves, they be saying, ain't no way. They don't say it to the preacher that God is using. It's no way in the world God can make that happen. Well you gotta understand what God does with us and through us will always be exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you're able to ask or even think. Now, you got some people that is listening and say, I got a big imagination. You mean to tell me God going to bless me exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I'm able to ask or even think? Preacher, let me tell you something. <laughs> My imagination is out there. As a matter of fact, I never tell anybody because they would think I am crazy. They would think I am weird. Well, God don't think you're crazy and God don't think you're weird because you cannot think God. You cannot outthink God. Your imagination can't even scratch the surface of God's ability to think and imagine. <laughs> Just think about the creation of human beings, the cells uh, that we have. Think about our muscular system, our skeletal system, respiratory system, circulation system. Think of how this body functions and all of the organs, uh, uh, how they coincide with one another, function with one another. It, it, you, 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 can't, you can't comprehend that. The, the the billions of cells, if not trillions, I don't know how many cells we got, but billions of cells uh, that is in our body that are keeping us alive and the, the function of the eyes uh, and, and, the, and how the eyes was created, the lenses and the, the optical nerves. Listen, listen. Nobody can outthink God. Bottom line, you're create creation. He's the creator. So he desires to bless you exceedingly abundantly Above all you're able to ask or think. Uh, The manipulation of Satan with preachers as well as all humanity, uh, all of us born again, is to lie to you and trick you and try to manipulate you. It's to try to get you to look at your circumstance and situation. Let that become a reality to you more than what God has promised you, more than what God has said about you. He is a manipulator. He is a master liar. And so if a person is a master liar, you won't be able to make a distinction between what is true and what is a lie because they're a master liar you got some people who look at you eyeball to eyeball and lie to you without batting an eye. That's a master liar. And you fall right into it. You believe they're experts in this thing. So that's what Satan, he's a master liar. He come to you and, and lie to you that it will not, your word that has been spoken of your life will not come to pass. But what God does, you got to understand the, how God brings his word to pass in your life. Especially a personal prophecy that you have received what God speak over your life he must make you out of that before he can release that into your life what God speak of your life must never be bigger than you some people's ministries is bigger than them some people's lives is bigger than them some people what they preach and teach is bigger than them so therefore what happened eventually When it's time for that word to be tried, they fail every single time because they went before their time, they went before their season, or they did not allow God to process them into that word. He didn't allow them to process them into that word. Uh, 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 Bishop Hammond made a statement concerning Saul uh, and David, and uh, this came to me, uh, I've taught on that many times, uh but it came to me concerning Saul what was the distinction between Saul and David Now, the Bible said, When Samuel spoke to him, and once you leave my presence, you're going to meet a company of prophets, and you're going to prophesy, and you're going to be turned into another man now that that that's, that stood out to me in bishophem didn't bring this out, but I, this is how God deals with me now he speaks to me and how he revealed things to me. Saul uh, uh, was turned into another man, but David was processed into another man. By Saul being turned into another man without being processed into another man, notice that he was changed back into the old Saul. He didn't maintain the new man. He was changed into and his kingdom was taken away from him because he did not trust God. He didn't believe God. So you don't want to be turned into. You want to be processed into. Your spirit man is already a new man. You order a brand-new man. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit becomes absolutely brand-new. But your soul doesn't become brand-new. That's why the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not changed, conform to this world, but be ye changed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's a, pro- a process there, a progression there. So I will experience change uh, according to the renewing of my mind. My mind will be renewed as I stand on the Word of God, as God is processing me. So uh, you don't want to be experience a miraculous change. That's what we want. That's what our, all of us want. Uh, I wanna, I'm want to. i going to go on a three-day fast. I'm going to fast and pray. When I come off this three-day fast, boom, I'm a new man. That's how I used to live. Uh, I used to live in that realm. and But I lived a fast life, and I personally believe you still have to live a fast life. Uh, because uh, you and I are no match to our flesh, and we are not fasting to uh, to conquer our flesh. You you, you can't do that. If we, we were able to do that, all of us would be awesome in God. Uh, we will we would be walking in the full counts of God. We will be uh, walking. We, there would be no distinction between Jesus and us. Nobody would be able to make a distinction. Uh, uh, if, our, if we can conquer our flesh, you have no power. To conquer your flesh, if you did, then Moses probably would have did it. Elijah probably would have done it uh, Isaiah jeremiah Ezekiel, uh, elisha, all these guys, Joshua, would have done it if they had the capacity to do it. no none of us, no human being has the capacity to uh, uh defeat his flesh that 's the holy spirit's job that's why you either walk in the flesh or you walk in the spirit It's, it's, it's no in between either i 'm yielding to my flesh i 'm yielded to my spirit. And if I'm yielding to my flesh, I'm yielding to my feelings, I'm yielding to my emotions, uh, uh, I'm yielding to everything that has been established in my soul uh, before I became born again. That stuff is still there. That's why the cross has to be applied to it. And so, uh, but the Holy Spirit is the one that mortifies the dictates of the flesh according to the book of Romans chapter 8. So the Holy Spirit is only matched to the flesh. And Jesus has already conquered and defeated it. And that's why we we embrace Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible is in the book of Colossians. I think it's Colossians Galatians. It said, those that belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with this lust and his passion. So I belong to Christ. So I have crucified my flesh with his passion. And you said, but what if I mess up? Uh, I belong to Christ. And I have crucified my flesh with this lust and his passions. But, but you didn't answer my question. What if I mess up? I belong to Christ, and I have crucified my flesh with this lust and his passion. See, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you accept Christ as the sacrifice of God for your sin. So the moment you accept Christ, <laughs> your flesh has been crucified. You say, but I'm still messing up. I'm going to tell you why you keep messing up. It's because uh, you're still, still trying to do this thing yourself. You're still trying to overcome yourself. You can't overcome. God has given you an overcomer. Christ is your overcomer. You, you're trying to go on a fast so you can uh, be, uh, uh, experience victory over a certain area that constantly popping up, rise up in your life, and you're constantly failing. You can't. It's not enough fasting in the world. You'll die and never uh, overcome your flesh. But if you receive Jesus, he is the victor over the flesh. But the Holy Spirit's job is to lead me into experiencing that victory over the flesh. And how do I do that? Being conscious of Christ. Being focused on Christ. What he accomplished on Calvary's cross must be a reality to me. And faith is exercised by the Spirit of God leading me into the reality thereof uh, Christ's death What was accomplished in his death Must be a reality If I don't understand that Then it's impossible for you and I to walk in victory The resurrection What was accomplished in the resurrection What was accomplished in his ascension What was accomplished in his enthronement He's, in, he's been enthroned He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now What is the purpose of him Sitting on the, sitting on the right hand of the Father right now it's my faith in not just Christ, but every act of Christ, every accomplishment of Christ, his death, his barrier, and we start with his virgin birth, his virgin birth, understanding that, his death on Calvary's cross, understanding that, uh, uh, him uh, being in the grave for three uh, days and three nights, understanding that, everything went on through these different phases is yours and mine. It's yours and mine. That's how you walk in victory. And so once I believe it and I step out, faith without works is dead, I step out. The Spirit of God now is His responsibility is to lead me in the manifestation of the reality of what Christ accomplished for me. It's not me. The Spirit of God leads me to the experience. Without the experience, it makes me religious. And that's where so many of us is located. We're religious. We're religious because we can quote scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. We can we can talk about scriptures. I mean almost any conversation we can talk, but we have never experienced it. And that's a man and a woman that's a babe in Christ. They're carnal and they're babes. But they know scripture. They say, but what if what these people flew in the supernatural? I share it with people all the time. You can do supernatural things, you can do spiritual things, but never be spiritual. I'm gonna say it again. You can do spiritual things, but never be spiritual. And the perfect evidence of, of that is the Corinthian church. But the problem, the same thing with church and, uh, and a lot of us preachers, we satisfied. We satisfied with that. We satisfied. With doing supernatural things, doing spiritual things, but never becoming spiritual, we satisfied. And 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 what was what's going to happen is you will never ever be to be able to, to experience being the man of God that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. You, you, it, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. I make the statement from time to time. Uh, uh, just shared, a matter of fact, recently. Uh, thank, uh, uh week before last in a Bible study, I, I made a statement. Uh, people uh, that w- don't want to grow always will hang around people that is satisfied with them. But people that want to grow will always hang around people that's dissatisfied with them. You say, please, does not make any sense. No, it doesn't from this realm. From a carnal perspective, it don't make no sense. From a spiritual perspective, it makes all the sense in the world because I understand that in order for me to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, I must die to EJ. I must die to my will, my desires, my wants, my flesh. And so, therefore, I want to put myself in relationship with people that's going to challenge that. It's going to challenge me to, to stay dead or to die. But uh, uh, but we have so many people uh, in the body uh, uh will never do that. And that's a revelation that they are more worldly and of this realm than of the realm of God. Because oh, this is how this realm operates. This realm will tell you if nobody is, uh, 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 is not satisfied with you, choose you some more friends, baby. Uh, if if, if people always bring correction to you but they're never validating you, you need to choose you some more friends. That's new age. That's this realm. But it's not the realm of God. It is not the realm of God. So people never mature. What we call maturity is people's ability to exercise their gifts and their talents. That's what we call maturity. And that's why the body of Christ is in the condition of the state that it's in, because we have a diluted understanding concerning what God calls maturity, how God perceives maturity. Uh, Bishop Hammond made a statement. He went through 30 years of processing before God started manifesting in his life what is happening in his life at this present time. That's I mean, 30 years of process. that means you, he didn't give up on God. didn't say he didn't want to give up on God. He didn't give up on God. He didn't, on God. He didn't quit on God. There's many women uh, uh, all around uh, that is like that, that you don't know, some you do know. You know Bishop Hammond because this is his season, and there's some that you don't know because it's not their season. But when it's their season, no devil in hell can stop them from coming forth. No devil in hell can stop them from manifesting because it is their due season, their set time. The heavens has determined it to be so. It's their kairos time. So uh, 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 let us allow God to do what he needs to do in developing us. Um, I put a question, uh, me and my wife were having a conversation, and I want to put this question to you at this present time, and this should let all of us know where we're located. Uh, uh, having a conversation with someone, can you, can you stop right now? Could you quit right now? Whatever you're doing that appear to be good, but you know that you know that you know that what you're doing, you're good at it, but you're poor at another area of your personal life. I'm poor at my personal life, but I'm great at ministry. Can you stop doing ministry and allow God to process your personal life that you can do ministry? And I'm not talking about making mistakes. Please don't mis misunderstand me, Bishop Hammond, Doctor Brown, uh, Benny Hinn, T.D. Jakes. Every man have sinned, their spouse, their children. So I'm not talking about that. So don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about perfection, uh, walking perfection. But I believe you and I can can come to the place that we don't sin. I believe it all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. If that wasn't the case, then then there's no purpose for you and I having the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, uh, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, I'm not sinning. The only way that you and I sin is through the flesh. So walk in the Spirit, and you and I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, then I must be fulfilling the desires of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can't sin, because the Holy Spirit is God. So you and I can walk sinless, but we will always have sin in our flesh, but it's just dead. It always can be activated. It always can become alive, but by its being dead simply means it have no right, no authority, no power over me unless I give it permission. So we have to understand how this thing operates, but I believe that we can. And so the only way that you and I can walk sinless, and walk in the Spirit, and live in the Spirit, because you live in the Spirit, you should also walk in the Spirit. To live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, I must be detached. I must be detached from this, the influence of this realm. You and I are in this world, but we're not of this world. So I must be detached from this realm, and live in the attachment of the realm of the world that I'm of, which is the realm of God, the kingdom of God. But I'm in this world, but not of it. Like Jesus was in it, but not of it. So he lived in this world by being intimate and attached to the world that he was of. The world of God. The realm of God. So you and I can do that. So what God does, he takes us through processes of setting our hearts free from everything in this realm. Very few people ever make it. My affections must be set on God, not on things below. If you've been risen with Christ, set your affection on things above. Set your affection on things above. Do your wife have your heart? Do your husband have your heart? Do your children have your heart? Do your ministry have your heart? Do your bank account have your heart? Do your house your car have your heart? Set your affections and listen, (laughs) it's amazing how we love preaching it who's living it, who's executing it, who have denounced and renounced this realm to embrace God's realm. They are not moved by absolutely nothing in this realm. They are totally, 100% under the influence of God and his realm. This is a place, ladies and gentlemen, that he's trying to bring all of us in. That's when the realm of God can invade this realm that is when you and I can walk in the supernatural every day, every moment, every hour, and every second. And so many of us, the very things that God put a demand on us to do is the very thing that so many of us is challenged with doing, relinquishing this realm. There's a young man that go uh, uh, to Panorama and he uh, he worked for a company that uh, feed the poor. And he just come back from uh, Haiti a couple weeks ago. And he shared with me, he uh, was two families. He went to one family, and uh, the, uh, they asked him, uh, they had no food, no nothing. Uh, well, uh, what are you going to eat? And, and both persons said, God will provide. They had no money. They lived on dirt floors, little, little, little tin huts. Uh, they put some tin together and uh, said their attitude, their disposition would blow your mind. They was pleasant, nice, kind. They, wasn't, they, were, they were not oppressed, depressed, suppressed, did not know where the meal was going to come. God would provide. And evidently, God provide every day. That is why you see greater signs, wonders, and miracles in, in Haiti, in Africa, in third world countries, and not just every place in Africa, there's some wealthy places in Africa. <laughs> I've been there a couple of times. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, they, they their faith is God. I mean, they, they have nothing else to depend on. We want the supernatural, but we still want to depend on our natural resources, it will never happen in the fullness. Oh, the Spirit of God can use us, but to live supernaturally, Jesus lived supernaturally. Jesus, I follow you anywhere you, you you will go. Foxes have holes, birds have nests. The son of man has no place to lay his head. You you sure you want to follow me? I'm not quoting scripture. I'm just sharing what Jesus said. Uh, uh, you sure you want to follow me? I don't have no place to stay. He lived supernaturally, lived in total 100% dependence upon the Father. The Father provided every day. Every day. And this is the place that he's trying to get you and I to live. Uh, we love quoting Matthew 6 33. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And the things he named in the previous verse there, what those things will be added to you clothing, shelter, and food. He said, uh, He says, the pagans of the heathens pray for these things. Are you understanding what Jesus just articulated in Matthew 6, 33? You and I should never, ever pray for clothing, shelter, and food. You and I should know this day when I rise. I don't know where it's coming from, but shelter will be provided for me. Food will be provided for me. Clothing will be provided for me. This is the realm that God really desires for you and I to live in. We love preaching it. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live without knowing anything, where anything's coming from. The just shall live knowing that is already provided. I get up and I go about my business day knowing that it's going to manifest. Knowing it's coming to me. I don't know who is going to come through, but I know I have it. Now, that's what, that's what Jesus says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The kingdom of God, Luke says, does not come with observation. Nobody would say, "Low here, low there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is invisible. It's invisible. Seek ye first the invisible rule of God. Seek ye first the invisible rule of God. The God that is invisible... That created the visible realm. Seek ye first his rule over your life. And all these things will be added unto you. And it says, and his righteousness. The word righteousness, or one, a simple definition is conformity to the will and the purpose of God. I'm conforming to his will, his righteousness. I'm conforming to the way he do things. How he operated. its what Abraham did. He conformed and was counted unto him for righteousness. By his obedience. His obedience was a revelation of conformity. He conformed to the will of God. Trans, he was transformed but he conformed to the will of God. And did what God and God accounted it for righteousness. He got up from a place that he can see. A place of security. A place of knowing everything. Provision is there. To go into a place no provision, no nothing in the natural. God became his provider. God became his source. That's how God operates, ladies and gentlemen. And so, therefore, He need to make us out of that before He elevate us. I believe every man before he get married need to experience an encounter God before he get married. I believe every woman, uh, a young lady, before she get married, need to encounter God before they get married. A Christ, God, Christ, Holy Spirit, before they get married that when they do come together in holy matrimony, it will be that God that they knew before they got married, they would know that he would sustain the marriage. So what happens many times, uh, I see this in the body of Christ a lot, you've got more women uh, than we do men, and so therefore a woman would cry out to God for a man. I want a man of God. They would cry out to God for a man of God where they would never let themselves become a woman of God. And then when they end up marrying the man, or the man married them, uh, then they become unequally yoked. You got one that is spiritual, one that is carnal. One just wanted to be married. The other one uh, that is stay spiritual, they want to be married so they can have a helpmate, to have help them fulfill purpose. So we got to understand the distinction. And so understand that all of us is called to encounter Jesus. All of us is called to have a relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. All of us is called. And so therefore, uh, if we allow God to do that, uh, it'll be beneficial to us. is it amazing here. I'm almost finished here today, uh, and I want to talk about image today. That's what I really wanted to uh, talk about and share um, with you. Uh, the title of uh, this broadcast that I do Is Unlocking and Liberating the Real You Unlocking and Liberating the Real You That's the program that uh, I do And so uh, uh, If that is the key Then that means the real me could be incarcerated You mean, to tell me I could be born again and incarcerated? Yes Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, So many people is right now saved and incarcerated. The frustration that you and I experience from time to time usually is a revelation that I'm incarcerated. It revealing something about me uh, Jesus never got frustrated. Uh, he got angry, drove the money changers out, but even his anger never was personal. Anytime Jesus got angry is because somebody was violating the will of God, the purpose of God. That's what keeps you safe. What, what, what causes us to miss it when we take it personally we get angry and, and about what people do to us. Jesus never got angry towards anyone, about anyone, what they did to him. Every time somebody did something to him, he always would say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But when you come against his father and the, the plans of the father, the works of the father, he rose up with a holy indignation. So what keeps you not safe to know that uh, uh, you're really sold out, it's nothing wrong with getting angry, but sin not. What caused me to get angry is sin. I get angry because of what you did with me. That's sin. But when I get angry with you about my Father, my Lord, you disrespecting him, and I get angry, that's a whole different situation. So get that, understand that, Make the adjustments, walk in that. Uh, if you will. Uh we may have some people in the chat, but this uh, uh, I'm looking at my uh computer here and uh, uh uh we're gonna have to perfect this chat. Uh uh I'm gonna have to call in or I'm, and maybe it may be me on this I'm on my uh, iPad uh today. And so it may be the iPad uh that is not allowing me to uh to to see this if there's somebody in chat. Because uh we definitely want to be needing that for uh the prophetic uh and intercession uh intercessory meeting that we're gonna have on Saturday 12 noon. We definitely need that. But let's look at image if you will the last uh few minutes that we have uh to be with you. Uh, the last uh fourteen minutes to be with you. Image. Uh God said let us make man in our image, and in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Now notice Adam's dominion was contingent upon him walking in the image. So his authority and power was continued upon him maintaining the image of God that he was made in. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So therefore he was to function like God, to be just like God, to function like God. That means his execution was continued upon him bearing the image. If that is the case, do to Satan to know that? Absolutely. So Satan know this, so let me get you to distort the image of God. Maybe let me get you to create your own image. The word image, now this is not Greek uh, uh, nor Hebrew. This is a, just a regular Webster's Dictionary uh, definition of the word image and mental representation and mental representation. What is the mental picture that you have of yourself? Is the mental picture is that of God or that of somebody else? Is it the mental picture that you have of yourself of your parents, spouse, boss, cousin, nephew, Michael Jordan? Because there's a commercial that be like Mike. So therefore, you want to be like Mike. So you got a mental image of yourself of being like Mike. And how do you can tell a person have a mental image of themselves being like Mike well I go to the gym when I do go to the gym I didn't go this morning when I do go to the gym there's people that I see from time to time they have a number 23 jersey on I see him with a number 3 jersey on Dwayne Wade I see him with a number 6 jersey on LeBron James So they don't realize this, but by the mere fact they bought the the men's jerseys is that they have a mental image of themselves being like those men. (laughs) It's fascinating. We have no clue how we are governed. And so um, I see them, uh, one guy saw the other day, man, he had the number 23 shoes on, The number 23 uh, uh, pants on, the number 23 jersey on. I mean, he was decked out in number 23. Michael Jordan had Jordan on the bike of it, had the Jordan image. Uh, 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 I don't know how tall Michael Jordan is. This guy had to be about five, uh, probably five eight, five seven, five eight, five nine, and uh, uh, but he got the jersey on. But an image have nothing to do with the uh, outward representation that doesn't line up with the image, or the inner image. So, so uh, uh, I can have an inner image, but put all the clothes on all I want to. But can I play basketball like Michael Jordan? Can I dunk like how he was, how I was able to dunk? I don't know if he can still dunk like he used. to. I'm sure he can't. But uh, and mental representation. A mental representation. The Description, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is the man. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is the man. So, watch this here. If I'm truly thinking, and notice I didn't say as a man thought, as a man thinketh, continuous to think. In his heart, so is the man. So whatever, however I'm performing, whatever I am doing is a revelation with image that I have of myself. So if I'm not performing like the one that created me in his image and his likeness, that means I need to be unlocked. That means I need to be liberated. That means the real me have not surfaced or I have no clue of the real me. I don't have a image of the real me. If you got an image, uh, a foreign image of yourself, then that what God has created and made you, you're going to perform. You're going to perform. You can never do and go beyond the image that you have of yourself. The strength of you is the image you have of you. Here's another definition of the word image. An exact copy. An exact copy. If I'm doing crazy things, it is because I have formed an image of myself as a crazy man. Because I'm doing crazy things. The enemy's ultimate goal is to manipulate our image. And watch this right. This is a beautiful one here. You can even be doing spiritual things with the wrong image. Satan is a supernatural being. He can do supernatural things. And if you think about it, if, you, if you, anybody that's listening to me really understood, understood or understands uh, New Age teaching, it's really about you building your own image. It's about you, your own God. So that is a manipulation there. And so these people are able to do some powerful things. They really are. Because one of the things uh, I like about the New Age uh, uh, people that I met their discipline they refuse to speak negatively talk negative they refuse to allow anybody to uh, say that they can't accomplish it, achieve this but one thing and this is the manipulation of the new agent they will never allow anybody to challenge them and confront them and so therefore they're not going to yield because they believe they write but they are disciplined, i got to give it to them, an exact copy, an exact copy of something. You and I, whatever we manifesting, we are manifesting an image that we have of ourselves, whatever that may be, whatever that may be. Here is a, um, another um, definition of the word image. Someone who closely resembles a person or thing, whatever. Someone who closely resembles. If you and I are made in the image and the likeness of God, then you and I should resemble Him, so therefore you and I should be performing uh, accordingly. We should be representing. What about a man and a woman that is married? And the two shall become one. And the two shall become one. The Bible says that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. We understand they have different functions. But what make them one? Does do the Father submit to the Son, and the Son submit to the Holy Spirit, or does the Holy Spirit submit submit to the Son, and the Son submit to the Holy Spirit? Or do they submit one to another? They submit to one to another because they are one. But what make them one? Well, if we look at the order of the Godhead, uh, uh, and look at the gospel, Jesus always talked about the Father. One with the Father. I'm here to please the Father, here to please the Father. Do you think if uh the Father brought correction to Jesus, Jesus would complain, to mama, grumble? Isaiah 53 10 said please the Father to bruise him, but there was no complaint, no mama grumbling. Perfect example of that is Abraham and his son Isaac. Isaac did not fight. So therefore we see these representations, the images that these individuals have, and understand relationship and understand order. So as we begin to understand this, uh, that God made you and I in his image and his likeness for what reason to perform? Satan come to obscure, cause the image of God to be eclipsed. So therefore I can never see myself. And see, we can make all the confessions all we want to. I know people like that. They confess, 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 confess. They got their confessions down, and they confess a thousand confessions a day. But their life never changed. They're still in bondage. They're still incarcerated. Anytime a circumstance, situation dictates or demands them to do something, they're paralyzed they cannot execute because why? They, don't have the, they are not bearing the image of the Lord Jesus Christ who have conquered everything and everyone there's no one greater than Jesus there's no one that can be compared to him but John says as he is so are we in this world not going to be as he is so are we and I want you to say that with me, if you will. As Christ is, so am I, right now, in this world. But you want to know why we don't see a greater manifestation? I'm telling you, this teaching on the anatomy of man. If, if we, are, we, are, it, now if as we get this and begin to appropriate it, we will experience liberation like never before, because it's impossible to get this teaching. And if you ever apply it, it will automatically put your flesh, my flesh, it will experience death on a level that we have never experienced before but we will experience a level of liberation that we never experienced before. So we, we, we have individuals that uh, know this stuff and understand these, these teachings and the image of God and all these things but not experience it, because we're satisfied with con- confessing it and be satisfied with the system that's been developed in the church. And the system that we have in the church is a worldly system that we have established in the church. And the worldly system is like our educational system, is to sit down and lecture lecture you. But the system of the kingdom is always application. It's always putting that pupil, that student in a situation for the appropriation of the thing that was articulated to them. That's how you and I get set free how you and I experience the victory because the Holy Spirit leads you into that victory. He leads you into experiential knowledge, which is hypnosis of what you know. most dangerous person in the world is a carnal Christian. The most dangerous person in the world is a person that's full of scriptures but never applied them. They are more dangerous than a sinner. And we need to understand that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, my time is up. Well, uh, don't not to... on tomorrow with me and unlocking and liberating the real you. I pray that you got something out of the broadcast today, something that God has challenged you with that was a blessing to get you to see a different way. More than anything, uh, that the Spirit of God will lead you into application. It's the application that you're going to cause you to experience uh, the liberation of yourself from the enslavement of the flesh, the power of the flesh, because it's so powerful. You cannot be set free from it. It's only through receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we love you. Thank God for you. Uh, Tell someone about the broadcast if you will. Uh, We look forward to being with you on tomorrow as well as Saturday, uh, 12 noon, uh, as we get ready to uh, speak into your life and and pray with you that God will set the captives free. Bless you until tomorrow. uh, We pray that the rest of your day will be blessed.